Good morning. Thank you for joining this morning. For the practice of being aware of awareness. We'll hear three bells. One, just a moment. One, uh, midway through. And then the final bell will be an hour from now. Maybe we begin this morning by listening. Noticing all the sounds that come in and out, unimpeded. And if there's no perceptible sounds, Noticing that nothing seeks to change that. There is no countervailing force. A mind may have some commentary. But the silence sustains itself. And even if sounds are perceptible, something in us can hear both the sound and the stillness and the silence from whence it arises. This natural intelligence can detect the movement of sound, which way it's coming from, what it probably is. And at the same time, this natural intelligence rests in the silence, which is the backdrop, which allows all the sounds to be perceived. The silence is perfect allowance of both nothing, no thing, and everything, all. background of silence has never made a sound. This background of silence is where the listening is from. That's how all the other sounds 
can stand out, so to speak. That is what gives them their distinctness. They're not competing with any sounds from awareness, from the self. And it's from this silence that we can hear the mind. We can actually sense the mind arising, words, words in the head, <coughs> notions, narratives, always telling the favorite story. what something else means about an us, what the us should or shouldn't do about it, and then what that will mean about the us, the me. But we can actually point to this mental chatter, if there's any this morning, it's a thing, right? It's an object, it has a beginning. We may not catch the end, but there's some point where we notice it's not there. But we'll notice we can't point to the silence. We can't say there, oh, oh, there, there it goes. Oh, it just arose. It's not an object. It's the all-pervading background. It can't be pointed to in the same way that thought. A movement of mind can be.
a Paul Brunton quote about that, which I really love. I'll share it with you. The source of wisdom and power, of love and beauty, is within ourselves, but not within our egos. It is within our consciousness. Indeed, its presence provides us with a conscious contrast. Indeed, its presence provides us with a conscious contrast, which enables us to speak of the ego as if it were something different and apart. It is the true self, whereas the ego is only an illusion of the mind. And of course, the opportunity here is always to see if we can confirm that right now in our direct experience. If it's true, has to be true here and now. And if it's true here and now, we should be able to either confirm it or defeat the premise. But there is this conscious contrast available. So we're just looking at the, the faculty that consciousness affords 
to inhabit this conscious contrast. Contrasting the silence of the self, the stillness, the openness, the acceptance, with the arising of the words in the head, the mental chatter, the egoic energy that urges some form of resisting the present moment, changing the present moment, commenting on the present moment, often rejecting the present moment in some form or fashion. How is it that that's seen? Where are we looking from when we see it? Can we confirm in our direct experience? that the presence of what we are, consciousness, provides us with a conscious contrast, which enables us to speak of the ego as if it were something different and apart. Again, Paul Brunton, the source of wisdom and power, of love and beauty, is within ourselves, but not within our egos. 
it is within our consciousness. Indeed, its presence provides us with a conscious contrast, which enables us to speak of the ego as if it were something different and apart. It is the true self, whereas the ego is only an illusion of the mind. Of course, in that sense, illusion doesn't mean it isn't actually experienced. Simply means it has no substance. It has, it's not a real capital R. It doesn't have a life of its own. It doesn't have a source that sustains it independent of anything else. It's another cloud in the sky. Clouds look real firm, look heavy. When you're up in an airplane, you fly right through them. actually just an illusion of solidity. The ego is an illusion of the mind in that the only power ego has ever had is our power. The attention, we lend it. When we withdraw that attention, we do not have the experience of having an ego. We can remember it, we can imagine it, we can kind of conjure it up, but it's certainly not real, capital R, in the sense that it is constant. It can be confirmed constantly, it's unchangeable, and it has its own energy source, so to speak. It sustains itself. It is a creature of our attention. We are the consciousness. We are the reality, capital R. And this consciousness, this awareness is constant. Lit by its own flame. We don't get up and, you know, crank this back up every morning. It's not dependent on another object for its life source. It is life source. is divine expression.
I'll share a little exchange with Ramana Maharshi about the self. He's asked, how shall I reach the self? And he answers, there is no reaching the self. If the self were to be reached, it would mean that the self is not here and now, but yet to be obtained. What is got afresh will also be lost. So it will be impermanent. What is not permanent is not worth striving for. So I say the self is not reached. You are the self. You are already that, capital T.
Ramana's asked, how shall I reach the self? His answer, there is no reaching the self. If the self were to be reached, it would mean that the self is not here and now, but is yet to be obtained. What is got afresh will also be lost. So it will be impermanent. What is not permanent is not worth striving for. So I say, self is not reached. You are the self. You are already that. way St. Francis delivered this teaching is where you're looking, what you're looking for, what you're looking for is where you're looking from. And you can't give it to mind. Mind will make some quick soup of that. But the, that which is looking, right? The consciousness, the natural intelligence, the alert, aware beingness that none of us made. We don't even know what it is. We don't know what it's made of. It's not like we have the ingredients, but we can't quite get the formula. What would be the ingredients of what's looking right now? Just notice what's looking. What is that? Of what is that comprised? It doesn't take long to come to, I have no idea, right? So as we contemplate St. Francis's pointing, what we are looking for is where we are looking from. You can just notice different ripples. It's like dropping a pebble into the pond. Is there a ripple of confusion? Is there a ripple of I don't understand? Is there a ripple of oh yes? Or sometimes for me it just feels like something just short-circuited like geek or like the lights go out for a second. 
when you look directly into what's looking. What does that feel like? Can we inhabit that conscious contrast and listen to what mind is saying, if anything? What is this? What's looking? You can call it awareness, aliveness, beingness, consciousness. They're all great words, but what is it? What is it made of? Can you break it down to some component parts? Or is it itself an irreducible essence? And where did this come from? How did we get it? And even that question presupposes there was an us first that then got this awareness. So if there's a sense of a you, a separate you looking at awareness, you can just toggle that attention right back and see Can you find that you? So if you're asked, is awareness present? Check, we all go to the same place and confirm awareness is here. Okay, now how about this you? Let's all go and check and confirm this you, this separate you. Can you find that? Can you find there's an independent entity separate from everything else called you? It's not to say there's not a sense of it. Let's go find it. Is it locatable? Is it in some certain location and not in another? Can you find where the awareness starts and then where the you begins? Is there some line there? Demarcation? Said another way, can you confirm there's two? A you and awareness.
we're, we're using what we have right here, our direct experience. We're not taking anyone's word for it. Even Ramana Maharshi's. He said as often as Regina says, confirm this for yourself. These are pointings. You can learn the pointing, but what good is it if, if you don't look to where the pointing points? And either prove or disprove for yourself. So again, Ramana Maharshi is asked, how shall I reach the self? And he answers, there is no reaching the self. If the self were to be reached, it would mean that the self is not here and now, but is yet to be obtained. What is got afresh will also be lost. So it will be impermanent what is not permanent, it's not worth striving for. So I say the self is not reached. You are the self. You are already that. And he continues. The fact is, you are ignorant of your blissful state. Ignorance supervenes and draws a veil over the pure self, which is bliss. Attempts are directed only to remove this veil of ignorance, which is merely wrong knowledge. The wrong knowledge is the false identification of the self with the body, mind, etc. This false identification must go. And then the self alone remains. So we don't add knowledge of the self. It's subtraction, it's a game of subtraction, as Sean Nevin said. Attempts are directed only to remove the veil of ignorance, which is merely wrong knowledge. And the wrong knowledge is the self-referencing mechanism, this identification that happens due to decades and decades and decades of programming. Programming that says we are a separate person, separate needs, separate beliefs, separate everything that needs to be defended or attained. 
something needs to be relinquished or something needs to be vanquished. And on and on it goes. But all of that has at its root a false identification of the self with the body and the mind and the thoughts and that which is impermanent, the comings and goings, that which is illusory, that which doesn't have its own source, its own self-sustained capacity. So the very, very good news is this presence that we are provides us with the conscious contrast, which enables us to see the veil, to feel the egoic energy of ignorance rising up and to look right at this misidentification of what we are with this notion of a separate person. This natural intelligence that we are has as part of its fundamental capacity, the ability to inhabit the pause and look right at this conscious contrast and discern what is true from what is very much not true. Like anything, the more that something's practiced, the better you get at it. But the fundamental capacity is baked in. We are casters of our attention. We decide when it's available whether to pause, inhabit that pause, look at the conscious contrast and call out those egoic energies as where we don't want to put our attention because our desire is not to live from that and enliven that. Our desire is not to continue to prop up the illusion, to let it fall. We let it fall with our attention. By bringing attention to what's looking instead of the object it's looking at, having just a little more interest in what sees it. And this, this magnetic pull of the trance of illusion that the conditioning seems to create. So all we're actually doing is removing illusion, 
calling out ignorance, which is the misidentification as a person. When we do that, we don't need to find the self. The self finds us. It rises up like the moon on the horizon. Like the sun at daybreak. Because we are that. As a matter of fact, the reason all of this illusion can play out is because there's a silence and a stillness and a beingness that's always present, from which it's all seen, by which it's all known, and in which it all unfolds. And that's why Ramana Maharshi, the final paragraph of this answer is, therefore, realization is for everyone. Realization makes no differences between aspirants. This very doubt whether you can realize and the notion, quote, I have not realized are themselves the obstacles. Be free from these obstacles. Regina's languaging was quoting, I think, Sadhu Om. This is the primal doubt, not thinking or believing that we don't know who we are, what we are. The way Ramana Harshi puts it is, the primal doubt is, I have not realized myself. Well, if we believe that, we're going to have that experience. But realization is for everyone. Realization makes no differences between aspirants. This very doubt, whether you can realize, and the notion, I have not realized, are themselves the obstacles. Be free from these obstacles. We can't be free from something we don't see. Are we willing to see the ways the primal doubt plays? Are we willing to feel the way the primal doubt feels? <laughs> Are we willing to fall behind and inhabit the conscious contrast? this conscious contrast is the birthplace of the realization. Inhabiting that is how we be free from these obstacles by allowing the natural intelligence that we are 
to look right at them and watch. Which is it that fades? The looking or the obstacle? We can take these last remaining minutes and just look right at whether the thought plays in the conscious contrast, which means it's seen. Thought plays, I am not realized. Or I have doubt that I can be realized. That I can realize the truth of what I am. Does that play? We're willing to become aware of it. They're willing to just look right at it, not try to talk about it, not try to bargain with it, not try to deny it. Just allow it whatever birth it wants. Feel whatever energy it brings. Just stand face to face with it. We can ask, what sees the doubt? To what does this doubt arise? What am I?
again, the, the Paul Brunton quote we started with, the source of wisdom and power of love and beauty is within ourselves, but not within our egos. It is within our consciousness. Indeed, its presence provides us with a conscious contrast, which enables us to speak of the ego as if it were something different and apart. It is the true self, whereas the ego is only an illusion of the mind. There's only two things, the true self and the illusion of the mind. And you can only see the illusion of the mind from the true self. Then every time you see the illusion of the mind and you call it out, you pause, you notice it, you feel it. You're willing to let it go. You're standing in the true self. You're seeing from the true self. You are in the act of realizing the clarity that is only available to the true self. Whereas Ramana says, attempts are directed only to remove this veil of ignorance. That is the only thing the attempts are directed at. Because every time the ignorance falls away, there's only one thing that remains. The constant, the real. What we are.
realization is for everyone. Realization makes no differences between aspirants. This very doubt whether you can realize and the notion, quote, I have not realized, unquote, are themselves the obstacles. Be free from these obstacles. Thank you. 